right, y'all, this episode, we're teaching you how to conquer corporate and land the job of your dreams. Let's get into it. Kelsey, first of all, welcome to 2022. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chanel. I missed you. I missed this. I'm so happy to be back. Me too. You know, this is like my favorite thing in the whole white world, just getting to talk with you and then bringing on amazing guests. I really did miss the podcast. I think it's somewhat therapeutic for me, getting all these thoughts and feelings and talking to these interesting folks and sharing it with our listeners. Um, But today we're kicking off this season, I think very relevant to the new year because some folks are also looking for new careers. And so we brought on Desiree Booker to kind of give us some insights into the job market and what we should be doing and just to level up in our careers. You know what? It's also such an important topic because we're living in a time where a lot of people are leaving their jobs. I heard that it's called the great resignation where people are just realizing that you know, work might not necessarily be the most important thing or making sure that you're working at someplace you actually enjoy. So you know what, because Desiree specializes in Black women specifically, I've been following like the job market in general. And I know last month was like the highest in years that Black women exited the workforce. Like we know like women have been leaving, um, you know, minorities have been leaving and then, you know, small businesses are closing, all these things. But I found it so interesting that Black women particularly have just shifted out of the workforce. I low-key listened to this TikTok today where this girl got on her work call and told them on the work call. I heard it. You saw that? She said, I had COVID, so I don't know why you called me while I was out and I told you I was sick, but I'm getting on this call today to let you know I resigned. And I said, I respect it. I respect it as well because I don't know, sometimes it's like, when you think about work and work, I mean, it's important. Okay. We have skills, blah, 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 all that stuff. We know that, but something that really stuck with me, people have tweeted this a lot that if you die your job, they might send your family some flowers, but they're going to have like your role posted within 48 hours. No, did you see that last week? People were like basically talking about people were dying on the job and folks have been required to come in with COVID. Like, it's just ridiculous right now. Not only are people literally sick, but their family members, their friends are dying. They're mentally strained. All these things compounded um, on top of like the usual job stress, like people are over it. And it's just like, you know, they rather leave and find something that they like better than deal with the stress and strain. It's literally taking years off our lives, y'all. Right. And I feel like it also works with the, type of how do I want to say this opportunities we have available like I know a lot of influencers they make a lot of money on brand deals people you know monetizing side hustles I know Desiree talks about that a little bit mm-hmm. um yeah that's, especially I said black women are leaving at high rates that's what I'm seeing a lot like we also know that black women will start a business okay any other race and gender black women are out here being entrepreneurs which I love to see it um but desert also covers like you know being in corporate america how to get your money how to level up and get these positions and these jobs that you want um folks are wondering like do they need to get a new degree do they need these certification 
honestly, like these jobs are out here for the taking. Like you really just need to know how to set yourself up for success. So I'm happy we had the opportunity to get some of that insight from her. Me too. I think it's really important, especially for those of us. I know I'm a few years behind Kelsey, but we are emerging into the workforce, looking for positions, trying to level up, trying to find something that fits us, fits our personality, fits the schedule, the lifestyle we want. So it's really important to have these conversations early on. Oh, yes. You know, we didn't even talk since we last recorded the podcast. I got a new job. You know, I'm a black girl in tech now. Okay. Um, I, I work in communications, but at a tech Okay, we're, we're going to claim it, you know, speak it into existence, you know, not quite there yet, but um, I am blessed with a new opportunity. I think it was time for me to go. Um, like Chanel said, she's a few years behind me and she's in law school grinding, but she already got her a job lined up too. Why she over here being humble, she wants to be a whole lawyer esquire behind her name. Period. But I have had a few jobs since graduating. I graduated four years ago. Um, And so this is like my third full-time position since graduating. And I definitely like felt the itch of like, oh, it's time to go when I can no longer grow. And so I am happy to have like this new role, which is completely different than what I've been doing, new state, new type of people, new environment just the whole new industry in general um and so Desiree talks about that too a little bit of just how to pivot from different industries different careers um and and, you know getting that resume together is a big part of that too with that we're gonna start our amazing conversation with Desiree Booker So today we have with us Desiree Booker. She is a speaker, career strategist, and the founder of Color Vision Lab, where she empowers Black professionals to be successful in the workplace through career coaching, all while helping companies attract and recruit diverse talent. Desiree has held various roles at global brands such as NBC Universal, Warner Media, MSNBC, and Gartner. Her work has been featured on Forbes, Career Contessa, and Zenefits. Desiree, we're so happy to have you here with us today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, um, we just want to jump straight into the interview. So what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that women make early on in their career? Yes, I think that some of the biggest mistakes that I see women making, especially uh, professional women of color, is we're not advocating for ourselves kind of right out of the gate, out of college. I think that there's the, there are these preconceived notions of of having to have a certain amount of experience under your belt to negotiate your salary, to negotiate certain benefits in the workplace, or um, just negotiate a career that works for you and and your lifestyle and not just works for the company. Um, And so I believe that a lot of times imposter syndrome causes us to to be very uh, quiet and just kind of go with the flow and we don't take control of our careers. Um, And so I I would like to see more of us advocate for ourselves right out of college, you know, even something as simple as negotiating a salary. I mean, that's just the very tip of the iceberg, but it could be a very empowering experience that could cause you to speak up in so many other ways in the workplace. OMG, um, you really are speaking truth to life right now. But what you said is very important. And I want to ask you about negotiating a salary. So what does that look like? I know people say it, but like I just started a new job and I had no idea what to do. Like, do I, is it an email? Do I talk to an HR person? Do I do research on my own? Like, what does negotiating a salary actually look like? 
Of course. So typically, I mean, the process actually starts very uh, uh, before you actually get an offer, right? So once you receive an email or a call from a company saying that they're interested in interviewing you, I actually would recommend starting to do your digging around what a fair market salary range for that particular role is. You could leverage websites like payscale.com, salary.com, but also having conversations with people who actually work in that in that space or who are at the same experience level, but keeping in mind that things like location, uh, experience, background, I think a lot of different things play into how a company will compensate you and also their own pay structure as well. So some companies are, um, they pay based on experience. So they'll have a very wide range in terms of what they could pay a candidate. Um, others might have like a very set you know, price that they can pay and it's non-negotiable. So I would say um, start doing that that research ahead of time so that you can come prepared with at least a number or a range of what you're looking for. Um, and then after you receive an offer from the employer, never accept the first offer. That's a huge mistake that a lot of people make. You, you're not supposed to accept. And the reason being is because you want to give yourself time to really think about what the company's offering you and not just look at the salary, but the full comp package. So, you know, salary is one piece. Then there might be stock options. There might be different PTO or health benefits that you can negotiate. Um, whatever it is, you can negotiate all of it. And so uh, a lot of people will feel pressured to say yes immediately because you're fearful of losing the opportunity. But employers actually expect for you to counter offer or to negotiate. So they usually come prepared to negotiate with you. So you can always request a couple of days to think about the offer. Usually it's anywhere between like three to five business days. Um, and then you come back with whatever it is that you know you want to negotiate from there. But don't, and I'm seeing the facial expressions you guys are making, try not to ever accept the first offer. <laughs> this is a such important conversation, I think for both Kelsey and I and for our listeners, because a lot of us, I think are just breaking into our fields. And mm -hmm. so I'm totally like, especially after you go through a long interview process, like just give me the money, whatever you say, I'm here. But that's, that's really good advice. And it, I feel like sometimes as a woman, like it's a little nerve wracking talking about money just in general. So I, that's something I definitely want to like learn more about and brush up on. Um, but what do you think, like when someone is looking for a new job and sees a job they really want, but maybe they don't have all the qualifications, do you think that we should go after jobs that we might not necessarily have all the credentials for? Absolutely. And this is a huge challenge for women in general. So I think studies show that women typically will only apply for opportunities in which they meet 100% of the qualifications, whereas men will apply if they meet just 60 to 70% of the qualifications. And there, I, mean, I used to be a recruiter, and so I have experience on both sides of the table. And there are so many different moving pieces that are going on behind the scenes with the, with the hiring process. And you never really know what the most important traits or qualifications or requirements are for a role. Um, and you never know what the, the hiring manager or recruiter is willing to bend on, right? So what happens is typically a recruiter will have a conversation like a kickoff call with the hiring manager to talk to them about, you know, what happened with the last person? Why is the role open? What, what are the most important qualities or competencies that you need in this role? What are the nice to haves? 
like versus the must have. So the things that you can't bend on versus the things where it would, you know, if this person possessed these qualities, it would make them like a rock star. And so the reason why we had those conversations is to determine, all right, if we can, can't find someone who checks all the boxes, what, you know, what, what else could we look at from there? So the reason why I share that information is because uh, there are a lot of situations where candidates who are not 100% qualified will still get called in for an interview. But I mean, as the saying goes, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And so when you apply, you have nothing to lose. Like if you apply and you don't get an interview, okay, you move on to the next opportunity. But if you don't apply, you don't even have a, a, a leg in the race, right? So um, I always encourage my clients to, if you feel like you're at, you know, at least meeting like 70%, 60 to 70%, you should still throw your hat in the ring for the role because you never know what's going on in the back end with that position. Well, you are absolutely right. And I think, you know, having been in the workplace, like we see men are just as like way more confident going out for roles that they really have less experience than you doing, honestly, and will probably get paid more money. So you, like you said, like it does not hurt to shoot your shot, see where it goes. And we're really holding ourselves back and we don't even know. But one thing I wanted to add, sorry, one thing I wanted to add that I think is like super important. Um, you never know what a company is willing to upskill or train you in. And this is something, so in my coaching program, um, I coach my clients to leverage informational interviews to really accelerate their job searches and get information um, that they need to, to really be as competitive as they could possibly be during the hiring process. So for example, I have one client who has a technical writing background and she was very much caught up on all the, the, the software and all the tech skills that she needed to be able to pivot into to tech writing with an actual um, technical company or tech company. And she had an informational interview with someone from a company called Red Hat. And this person told her, well, these are the things that you absolutely need. These are the things that you don't need to even worry about right now because we will train you in this area. And it literally saved her months of like upskilling, buying courses, learning new programs. These are things that job seekers, I feel like waste so much time doing. You go out and try to acquire all these skills to make yourself more competitive when really sometimes you don't even need those skills because you can learn them on the job. So you wanna be very strategic about that because if you're ultimately wasting time upskilling when you don't really need to do that. So I just wanted to add that, uh, Kelsey. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's a really good point. Um, and it, I've, I've felt that way. Like I've felt that way looking at jobs and reading the qualifications and thinking like, oh, Kelsey, you don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. Right. But I've also gotten jobs where you have to learn, you have to grow when you're actually there. And a part of that is a lot of it is trainings and different workshops, all types of other benefits that you might get that you didn't know about prior to. Right. Now, question I have for you. We get these jobs, we're in these jobs. When is it time to leave these jobs and move <laughs> on to the next? You know, that is, is very much on a, a, a case by case basis. I mean, I don't even, even as a career strategist, I don't even know if it's my place to tell someone when it's time to leave a job because there, you got to think about why you want to leave in the first place. So, you know, are you underpaid? Is there no opportunity for career advancement? Or, uh, you know, is the is the work is the culture just not inclusive? Not a place where you feel like you belong? Like, what is it? 
that's the first step is, is wondering like, what is missing from my current career and what do I need for my next opportunity to feel a sense of fulfillment? And so once you get clear about that and find, find out where that exists, then I think, you know, at that point you can explore, you know, um, you know, new, new roles. But for me, I mean, I had a, I was very much like a quote unquote job hopper when I was in corporate. And this is something that is very controversial in my space. You know, I think some companies have had this very um, just outdated mindset of just because someone hasn't been at a job for a certain amount of time, we shouldn't hire them or whatever it is. But nowadays, I mean, especially post pandemic, people have to do what they have to do to survive, like, and go where the opportunities and where the money is, right? And so if a company cannot give you what you need to be able to, to support yourself, then you have every right to go where the opportunities are. And so to go back to your original question about when it's time to leave, when you feel like you've given your, your, the, 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 your best effort to a job, you've had conversations, uh, you know, with your manager about how, you know, what you need to see from them, for you to want to stay and there's nothing being done. And you're like, look, I've done all I could do. Time to move on, you know, but um, I would say in that case, you know, it's always great to look for a job while you have a job. So I would not encourage quitting your job and then going to look for something because you want to have the leverage of being currently employed while you're looking for other opportunities. Let me jump in there, y'all. I have did it. I don't recommend it. I was like, I'm done. I'm quitting. Then I'm sitting there unemployed, looking for jobs all day. Zero out of 10 recommendation, y'all. <laughs> I like that, though, that you didn't give like a set number, but it's more about your feeling, your relationship to that job and just where you are in life. So I think that that's really good advice. In that same uh, token, what do you think we should do when it comes to planning or plotting out our career for the next, like, should we be looking 10 years ahead? Should we be looking 20 years ahead? Like, how should we go about that? Especially from like a young perspective where you're just jumping into the um, workforce. I think that when you're, you're entry level, you have to give yourself time to explore. Like you need to explore yourself what your passions, your interests, your gifts are, you know, what you need to know what you like and what you don't like. And it may take going through a couple of different careers or jobs to really figure that out um, and make informed decisions about your career based on past experiences. But when you don't have any experience to go on, it can be very difficult to figure out what you want and what you don't want out of your career. And so I don't recommend creating like 20 year plans, 10 year plans, because you, I mean, what you think you want now may change in six months. It, it will probably change in a year. It will constantly change as you grow as a person. I think that maybe like five years, once you figure out what career you know you might want to stick with, because I, I actually specialize in career changers. So everyone who comes to me wants to move in a different job function, industry, or um, company. So um, I would say maybe think about like creating like a five-year plan. I have never done these personally because it, I never really saw a need to, to plan out for five years, but for some people, they're beneficial. But honestly, I would just kind of think about what, what am I doing today? What would be, what, what stepping stones would I need to take in order to get to the, the 2.0 version of myself? So maybe the 2.0 version of yourself in two to five years is someone who earns um, $95,000. 
is someone who works remote, um, you know, one day a week and comes into the office only four days a week. You know, someone who has a leadership title or whatever it is, thinking about the high level things that you want and kind of reverse engineering that goal and say, all right, someone who, who has this title, who makes this money, what, what was their career trajectory and how can I leverage this information to kind of formulate what my trajectory will be? You said something else that interests me. Like I know you said you specialize in career changers. Um, yeah. And I know I have a friend who's actually considering going back to get a second bachelor's because she kind of just figured out that she had a different passion yeah. that she didn't know she had, you know, six years ago. Mm-hmm. So is that, well, what general advice do you recommend to your clients who want to make major shifts in their career? Right. Um, That is such a common situation. Um, I would definitely recommend that they consult with someone like me um, or another career strategist before they decide to invest tons and tons of money and time and energy into a second degree. In today's market, I mean, with the boom in online learning, online, the online course industry, uh, it's very easy to upskill without having to get another degree. There are a lot of companies who are also making efforts to become more inclusive and, and, and creating opportunities for people who don't have degrees at all. And so we're even seeing an adverse, like we're seeing a decline in, in the number of people who are even enrolling in four-year programs because of that, because of COVID. People couldn't afford to pay for college last year. A lot of people can't afford it this year. And so they're finding alternative ways to grow their careers. What I've seen is that in some cases, like let's say you decide you want to become attorney, okay, you're going to need a law degree. If you want to become, um, if you want to go into business, sometimes you need an MBA. But I've seen some people get advanced degrees and second BAs, and then they go out and find opportunities and only, and they find out that they're not going to get paid any more with that second degree than if they only had the, the initial degree. And a lot of the times the issue is around <clears throat> positioning. You're not strategically positioning yourself to sell what you have to the companies and the jobs that you're looking for. So there's a disconnect between what you're saying you offer and what you can contribute and what the employer perceives you to be able to offer to them. Like there's a disconnect. So the issue is not going to get another degree. What you need to do is figure out how do I properly brand myself and position myself to attract my ideal opportunities through uh, my resume, through my LinkedIn, through my online networking strategy, through my communication skills. Those are the things I will focus on, but obviously talking to a professional, that person could evaluate your specific situation and say, okay, based on your industry, you will need the degree. Based on you know what I've seen here, you don't need it. So I, I would, I mean, degrees are too expensive to just go back to school on a whim. You really, really need to do your research before you decide to make that, that choice. Absolutely. Expensive and time consuming. I -hmm. love what you said about the online market and how there are things you can teach yourself or, you know, learn on your own and not have to go, you know, get a whole separate four-year degree. And what you said about positioning yourself properly, like online. Can you talk more about that? Like how we should be remaining at the top of our game and how we can position ourselves, what you were just saying about how we appear to these jobs. Yeah, definitely. So, First, um, with 
Upskilling. So if you find that you have a skills gap, maybe you've done some type of skills gap analysis, which I would recommend if you are wanting to pivot your career to determine what skills do I have and what skills are required for the jobs that I want and where's the gap and what do I need to do to acquire those skills. So if you find out, for example, I don't know, you need to acquire more uh, skills that are related to marketing or whatever, that you could go to platforms like Coursera, uh, Udemy, I mean, Coursera actually has like certificate programs that are uh, recognized by a lot of employers um, and people, I've known a lot of people who have, uh, actually I've had a client who had a homework help specialist title and she was able to pivot into business analysis without ever having had any experience in that space. And she did it by way of upskilling through Coursera. Coursera. So I would recommend that. Um, and then I would also not don't discount the value of mentors mentorships as well like you can have a mentor who teaches you specific skills who's someone who's a confidant someone who's a sponsor to you different mentors serve different purposes in your career you can have a mentor who's literally there to teach you how to do something how to become more proficient in your work and so that carries over as long as you know how to communicate it effectively in the interview you can't get these skills and then go to an interview and you have no idea how to talk about what, what you've learned or what you're, you're capable of doing. On the flip side, when it comes to marketing yourself and positioning yourself. So it, we live in a, a, a virtual world still. And for the foreseeable future, everything will be still be virtual. So obviously LinkedIn is still going to be king. If you just take the time, I mean, I know a lot of people are very afraid of like posting on LinkedIn and I get that, it's, it, it's intimidating. But at the very least, if you just optimize your LinkedIn profile so that you are getting found by recruiters when they're looking for people like you, your LinkedIn will, will become a vehicle literally for passive job opportunities. Like my, my clients get access to done for you LinkedIn profile templates and literally we see them getting inquiries from recruiters the next day after they make the, the changes. And that's because right now there's a war for talent. Like there's not enough qualified talent to meet the need that employers have for candidates. So it's a, it's a job seekers market. You just have to bring yourself properly so that people can find you. So that, that would be the short answer there. Like brand yourself properly online and then once you get those interviews, practice talking about your whatever your value proposition is so that the interviews convert to offers. I hope you all heard Desiree, people are hiring out here. So if you do not like your job, it's time to go now and start looking. And I recommend everyone check out Desiree and her Conquer Corporate program. Desiree, can you please let our listeners know where to find you and where they can get more information? Absolutely. So uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just type in Desiree Booker. You can also follow me at Desiree D. Booker on Instagram. Those are the places I hang out. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about the Conquer Corporate Program, you can just go to DesireeBooker.com backslash apply. Uh, Conquer Corporate is our 12-month career and leadership coaching experience for Black professional women and professional women of color. And so what we do is we work with you over the course of 12 months to help you uncover your career purpose, land a fulfilling job, and hone the skills that you need to, to get promoted, to stand out in the workplace and move up the ladder. So we cover all bases when it comes to growing your career. So if you've listened to this podcast episode and you're like, wow, like I, I learned a lot, then you would, you would benefit tremendously from working with us in the program. So check us out. 
Well, Desiree, thank you for joining us. You gave, it was so many words you were saying that I'm gonna have to go back and listen and just write them down. So I can <laughs> learn more. You were saying so much incredible stuff. And I think it's going to be very helpful for so many people, especially those who are just starting out in their career. You are, you are clearly an expert on top of your game. And I love that you are passionate about making sure women and black women are really getting the careers they desire and deserve. So much love, much love. Oh, thank you so much, ladies. I appreciate you guys for creating this platform and inviting me on. It's been a pleasure and wishing you much success with uh, Growing the Podcast. So it's time for our first tweet of the week from the season from Desiree Booker, who we just heard from. It says, most people wait until they feel ready to take action without realizing that you'll never feel ready until you start taking action. Of course, Desiree with more gems for us today. It's a new year. New season, pretty political. Go for whatever you want to go for. Take action. Start somewhere. You don't have to be perfect. So with that, thank you for listening to us all today. As always, give us some feedback, like, rate, comment. Send us some DMs of what you want to hear from us next. This has been Pretty Political.